You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 71. We're discussing our prelude to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. I'm Ernie Rose Tim. I'm Sanjay. And we want to wish everyone out there a happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you all. May the 4th be with you too, Tim. And also with you. I feel like I'm in church right now. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get an amen, brother? <laughs> if Star Wars was a religion, who would be the pastor? Would the it be pastor? Like Yoda. Yoda? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up there preaching. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, we're recording a couple days early, but this episode will be dropping on May the 4th. And we want to make sure for all of our Star Wars listeners that we wish you a happy May the 4th. This is another celebratory Star Wars day. I feel like we've been celebrating Star Wars a lot lately. Is that a bad thing? Not at all. Not <laughs> I just at all. feel like we should give some love to those Star Trek fans out there. Speaking yeah. of Star Trek fans, I saw a quick, quick side tangent before we get into our discussion of the Calgary Expo. Yeah. I did see two guys walking around, one with a reused costume on, and one with an Admiral Akbar costume or helmet or hat or whatever you call it. Mask is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And they had Star Trek t-shirts on. <laughs> so walking just trolling. Around being, yeah, just trolling the whole crowd. <laughs> just trying to be so ironic. Did you see the one girl on Twitter? She had a, it was like red shirt um, expo Trek. experience. Yeah. So like yeah. A, everyone in Star Trek, I guess like the red shirts always die. So it's just like her with a bunch of different cosplays, like getting killed and stuff. I thought it was fantastic. It was hilarious. I'd have to find her Twitter and like retweet it because I was killing myself. Awesome. Well, we had a fantastic time this weekend at the Calgary Expo. And later on in the episode, we're going to get breakdown and discuss everything from the show floor, what we were able to find. I know you had some success finding some Wonder Woman. I got a few little comics here. And unfortunately, Troy, who was a big part of the Ah, Expo, was there almost every single day. He couldn't quite make it tonight. He had some issues with his dishwasher. (laughs) It is leaking, but hopefully by the time this episode airs, it has stopped leaking. (laughs) And he may join us a little later on the episode, but we decided to kind of get rolling here so we're able to get the episode out on time as usual in our normal Thursday slot. And as always, we are going to be discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, so our latest comic book movie. We're going to be discussing a bit of a prelude to that, give a little bit of an introduction to some of the new characters and speculate a bit on what we could see in this movie. Now, it has been released internationally and neither of us have seen it and both of us have stayed far away from spoilers. So we have not seen anything. We're not trying to spoil the movie for anyone. We're just trying to give a bit of an introduction to what we think maybe the story is going to be like and what we think the character is going to be like. So if we happen to get something right, it is pure coincidence. (laughs) But looking back at particularly my track record, I am very very, very bad at predicting <laughs> because I think they should translate right from the comic book onto film and that's not always how these things should go or can go. So no. I like to see a, a direct adaptation sometimes and that's not the case here and so if we do predict anything right, it just is a pure coincidence. We're just that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got a bit of news to get through before we get into our discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. And shall we jump straight into that as we wait for Troy to walk through the door? (laughs) So Troy's coming in like mid-show. 
Maybe, potentially, I don't know. He never called me back. So, Troy, when you're listening to this two days in advance, <laughs> you should have called me back. Troy, call him back. <laughs> you never call your mother, Troy. Why don't you call your mother? She misses you, Troy. <laughs> All right, man, let's jump into the news. Let's do it. A couple days ago, Robert Downey Jr. on his Instagram account dropped a photo of himself, Tom Holland, and John Favreau. Now, John Favreau was looking very happy Hogan-ass. <laughs> With the mullet from uh, Iron Man 3? Oh, that was fantastic, wasn't it? <laughs> no, he's all suited up here looking like Happy Hogan from Spider-Man Homecoming. And it was captioned, Killer Trio, and had the hashtag, Secret Shoot. Ooh. So he's teasing a little something here. I believe at least Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland are on set for Infinity War, so they are together anyways. But it does look like they're filming a little bit of pickup for Spider-Man Homecoming. Quick speculation here. Do you think they're picking up a after credit scene? Do you think they're tying a bit into Infinity War? Or is it just simple reshoots as they always do with these type of movies? Spider-Man Homecoming is in trouble, people. <laughs> I've heard of reshoot rumors the whole time. Ring the bell. Ring the everyone panic. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Reshoots. Let me tell you, if this was a DC movie, oh, the I'd internet be would be losing hard. it. <laughs> internet would be going out of their minds. Um, no, I think this is, as you said, after credit scene, and I think they were maybe waiting until a finished Guardians product. Yeah. And maybe just to see, like, the Avengers Infinity War to see how it would tie together to Spider-Man Homecoming. Because I think the timelines are going to be very similar. Like, I think Spider-Man, it goes Spider-Man Homecoming, right? And then Thor. Yeah. And then Avengers. I think Avengers <laughs> Infinity War is set four years after Guardians. I think that's what kevin feige said i might be wrong don't okay. quote me on that but okay there is a large time gap in between guardians and avengers infinity war which is not what i thought was going to happen i thought they're going to be basically on top of each other i thought so too unless it's four years to travel to earth from where they are in space that's that's my only guess is that they're that far out but i don't know then you'd have like a guardians 3 would just be like a long like space buddy cop yeah. movie or something <laughs> i think it might be so that they can have a much bigger groot in the movie oh that would make sense yeah it'd be kind of annoying to see like this like epic battle against thanos and you had baby groot like yeah. as cute as he is like when the chips are down you want big groot right like exactly but we got out of a little side tangent there i agree with you i think they're just picking up scenes here it's cool and i like that they kind of bring the fans into this and kind of make us speculate, get us talking about it. Like this drops in just a couple of months on July 7th. And I'm super excited for that. And seeing them all together just makes me really happy. Did you, uh, have you been at Toys R Us lately? I have not. Okay. So they have Spider-Man Homecoming action figures out now. Are they the legends or are they the small three and three quarter inch? No, they're the small three and three quarter inch, but they're also like a different scale. Like they had a huge vulture that was bigger than the Marvel legends. Oh, really? Yeah, was it and it wasn't like in the ones packaging. Like old shampoo bottles? No, no. It was it was kind of different. Like it was uh it was bigger but it had like no articulation at all. Okay. It was kind of di- weird. I don't know I if they are like called the Titan figures maybe. Yes, I think that's what they were. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just kind of yeah, low articulation, just big huge things for young kids. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting that they already drop in merchandise here. So we're waiting for the Legends wave to drop. We got the second Guardians wave that's still to come out, plus the Spider-Man Homecoming wave that will come out. That was all announced at New York Toy Fair. So mm-hmm. I guess we're going to start seeing that type of merchandise dropping really quickly, even on top of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, so we got Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, Thor, Justice League. So there's four comic book movies left after this year? Yeah, and, well, there's the Golden Circle, but... Oh, yeah, Kingsman. I I don't think we'll see toys for Kingsman. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, you got to get the figures in while there's kind of a down period, right? I mean, it's going to be packed in November. You got two movies coming out, 
July you have one, June you have one, May you have one. So yeah. we're getting, August we have none. I don't think so this year because that was always kind of that vacated time space that Suicide Squad filled in. Guardians, yeah. the first time or the first movie that came out a couple of years ago, filled that space. And Troy and I talked a little bit last week about the slate that's coming out because X-Men announced that they're doing three movies next year and DC has two. Uh, just one just so one far. announced and Marvel has three. So you've got a ton of movies dropping in that space next year. And we're not, I'm going to say lull in, in air quotes here because it's not really in a lull because we're yeah. getting like six comic book movies or whatever. But yeah. it's still going to be a busy year this year as well. Next year looks like it's going to peak out. Well, you know, that actually reminded me of something uh, kind of going off tangent here. Did you see that the uh, Writers Guild of America avoided a strike? Oh, they're going to strike. They were going to strike, but they've avoided that now. So they've signed a contract, I've heard. So that's great news for movie lovers, TV lovers. No crisis, crisis averted. You know, we all remember what happened last time they striked, and we didn't get the Justice League movie by George Miller, so that could have been the first. They could have beat the Avengers on the screen, and, you know, fate had it. It wasn't to be. wasn't to be. Thank God. <laughs> now we're getting one from Zack Snyder. Everyone's favorite Zack. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's great. we got a lot coming at us here in the next couple of months. Wonder Woman review we're going to be doing in June. Spider-Man Homecoming on July 7th. And not to forget our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 review, which we're dropping next week after we have a chance to see this. I'm going to be running around Vegas over the weekend, so hopefully I have time to slip into a movie theater in between beers <laughs> so what, what, what's going on in vegas there nothing it's just a yearly trip we go down yeah. every single year with another couple couples and just kind of do our thing just for a three-day weekend nice and just hang out drink beer yeah catch some sun do a little bit of shopping so hopefully yeah. i'm gonna be able to hit some of these disney stores targets and that on our little downtime so that i can try mm. to see if i can pick up some of these more obscure figures that yeah. we really don't get in canada that's the hope I am missing May the 4th, kind of. And the nice thing about May the 4th this year, with as far as exclusives and merchandising, is that it's, they seem to be sucking up the entire weekend, going from May 4th to May 7th. It's no longer just a single day event. It seems to be spanning the whole weekend. So hopefully I'm able to run into a giant Disney store in Vegas and grab the exclusives that they are dropping there and just bring them back across the border. So admit it, Tim, when you found out, like when you booked your vacation and then you looked at the calendar and you're like, oh shit, Guardians comes out the day I'm gone. I, I, it's funny because when we booked it, I really wasn't thinking very much. And it just, ha just so happened to be the one weekend that all six of us could actually go down. Yeah. And it wasn't conflicting with anything. And then I look back and I'm like, oh man, that's... May the 4th, that kind of sucks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. The next day, Guardians comes out, or the Thursday, because yeah. the, the evening showing at 7. Right. So I'm missing everything. And I think <laughs> I did this a couple years ago, too. You did with Guardians, the first one. I think yeah. you were on vacation in BC. I was on vacation. I did see it. You're right, because I did see it in BC. Yeah. And so I, I, for whatever reason, the summer, I just seemed to not think. <laughs> and we booked, not that that would have stop me from booking a trip to Vegas because I can see guardians kind of whenever. Yeah. And, you know, I can only line up with friends on, on certain dates, but yeah, I'm an idiot sometimes. <laughs> I don't think cause, and it's funny because it, this happened with celebration. Yeah. I was away for celebration. So I'm scrambling on my parents, crappy internet, trying to <laughs> write stuff for talk star Wars and kind of suck everything in on Twitter. Yeah. And then last year I was away for San Diego. Yeah. And uh, not away. Oh, was that Troisky? No, that's not. That's the wife. Oh. That's okay. Um, she actually asked me what SPF <laughs> sunscreen I want. So I'm just going to quickly answer here. Yeah, Tim's pretty white, so probably 30. 100. <laughs> At least. It's thick paste. It's like flour for him. <laughs> yeah, I am quite pasty. <laughs> I'm going to come back just scorched. You're going to be browner than me. <laughs> 
I can't remember what we're talking about anymore, so we're going to move on to our next topic, Star Wars fan choice figures. So at Celebration, Hasbro announced that they're bringing back the Vintage Collection. This is a three and three quarter inch. This would be new sculpts, highly articulated figures, probably at a much higher price point. So I don't know if I'm going to be jumping into these, but they did reveal the first figure for this line is going to be Rey. And then they also oh. announced that they're going to be doing a fan choice figure. And that will be the second figure in this line. These are the vintage card backs in the three three quarter inch scale. So pretty cool they're bringing this back. This is a bit of a celebratory line for the 40th anniversary. So I'm, I'm excited to see, but I'm a bit hesitant because of the price. <laughs> but after about a week of tallying on various different fan sites from around the web, yep. StarWars.com announced their top six, or the six picked by the fans as the finalists. Okay, let's hear it. They are... Dr. Afra, which is from the comic book. So it's a new character. I was going to say, don't know who that is. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's Simalo, who is from Return of the Jedi. There is Yakface, Ahsoka Tana from Rebels, Arc Trooper Fives from the Clone Wars, and Emperor Palpatine. So these are five oh. very diverse figures spending the majority of the saga. And it's great to see that representation because it looks like most fans are going to get at least something that they want my vote is going to dr afra she's a brand new combo character and she's quite popular and it's cool to see that she could get a figure from this line the interesting thing here is and in contrast to what we've seen over the last couple of years is that the fan choice figure finalists do not include a legends universe figure so legends universe for those of you who don't know including sanjay i was gonna say <laughs> spell it out for me tim so originally star wars had the Extended Universe, which was all canonical at various different levels. and all You mean that. like the comics and the books? The stuff? comics and the books that came before the Disney bios. The cartoons? Yeah. not The cartoons are still considered canon, so or the animated series. What about what about the Christmas special? That is not canon. I don't know. <laughs> what I might need to be correct on that, I don't think so. in Endor? I don't think any of that is either, like the Ewoks cartoon and the droids and all that. I may be wrong there, but... I don't think so tim you're losing your star wars touch we know okay so who for Some people are who, quite obscure though <laughs> for people who weren't at the comic expo with me and tim which is everyone that's listening to this except for like two, two other people <laughs> tim made a star wars blunder tim do you want to you want to <laughs> tell everyone what you did here okay so we're at we're with our boy izzy nobre go check out izzy nobre on youtube he's got a fantastic youtube channel over there uh, you can catch him at mr nobre on twitter he is very active, great dude. We're hanging out at the expo, myself, him, and Sanjay, and we're wandering around the big t-shirt tower. That's at every single expo everywhere. It's huge. And I, we're messing around. He wanted a robe, an R2 robe or something like that, so we were kind of messing around with him, and I picked up a Chewbacca robe, looked at it, and then I chucked it down into the brown <laughs> pile, which I assumed was also Chewbacca. Yeah. And the guy walked over, the guy that was running the booth, whatever, he said, you just threw Chewbacca robe on top of an ewok <laughs> and i was like okay I, i'm sorry I, and and these guys were giving me a hard time <laughs> well who makes that mistake even i know okay, dude they're both brown they looked exactly the same <laughs> yo you're talking to a brown man here <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is an episode of tangents yeah know. it was actually that was quite funny and yeah. I tried to get myself out of it by saying, well, actually, the Ewoks were supposed to be Wookiees in the original draft 
of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> the guy kind of rolled his eyes and walked away. Yeah, yeah. I think that one, you're going to have to lick your wounds on that. <laughs> it's all right. I got over it. I got past it. Yeah. Anyways, back to the fan choice figure. So yeah. these six finalists, they have been announced. It is up on stars.com right now. By the time you guys are listening to this, the poll would have actually closed because it does close today at midnight, May 2nd, as we're recording. Okay. But the winner will be announced on May the 4th. My prediction here, like I'm saying, I'm voting for Dr. Afra. I think she's going to win. I'm hoping she's going to win. And if not, I hope we get a translation into the six-inch series. That is the ultimate hope here. And it's pretty cool. I love that they do these fan choice awards because it allows people to get interacting with and discussing action figures. And it gets the fans kind of riled up. And the fact that we actually get to choose something that's going to be produced in spring of 2018 is pretty cool. And consistently what they've done with the Black Series is great. We had Janice Solo, Darth Revan, Sabine, a lot of great figures, a lot of great characters. And it's, like I said, the depth that we're getting and the breadth of figures here, awesome stuff. The one thing I'm amazed about Star Wars is, well, there's several things, um, <laughs> but the one thing I'm truly amazed is there'll be a character that's on screen for like five seconds, right? Like in all oh, yeah. through all like seven, eight movies and he'll become like a cult hero. Like you'll see t-shirts made out of the dude, action figures, uh, like mugs, like, uh, like it's just insane. Like, cause I never saw Star Wars before. Everyone kept like, uh, hyping this like Boba Fett character. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so he obviously plays like a big role. In the trilogy, you think, and then you like watch it and you're like, he's only in it for like what, like five minutes? Yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was in I was like, what? Like everyone's always like, Oh, the fat man's amazing. So I'm like, okay, so this guy clearly, you know, is in all three and he plays a big nope. He is retconned back into A New Hope, yeah. but he really only has a presence in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That threw me for a loop, because you know, if you think about it, right, you'd think, okay, well, there's action figures. I don't know, it's just the, the the universe is so large that they're like, we can make a figure of anyone and people will buy it. Oh yeah. So I have figures that I bought from The Force Awakens. There's a character yeah. called Consul Zubio. Okay. I have a six inch Hasbro figure, yeah. Black Series, and I have a three and three quarter inch Hasbro hearted yeah and the character is not even in the film he's literally in it for a single frame someone wow. finally found him really single frame wow and then there's this other character c2b5 he is a droid an astromech droid right there is a funko pop of him i also have an elite series from the disney store yeah that never made the final cut of the film <laughs> so the last two movies i have spent probably upwards of 80 90 bucks on figures and elite series and all that. <laughs> of characters that aren't even in the film so that goes to show you what and how star wars fan <laughs> embraces characters figures all this so collecting is such a big part for me i think it's cool that you have figures that aren't even in the films yeah and the, the thing with boba fett too is that there's a lot in the old legends universe expanding on how badass of a character he is and then you also go back to the original vintage line of figures, and he was a mail-away figure. There's the, the this whole thing about the rocket firing, and then they stopped. And oh, there's, there's a whole <laughs> story there about Boba Fett, but they've built him up so well for so long. Mm -hmm. And you're right, he, like from a, a newcomer's perspective, he's not really in the film. And there's characters, there's action figures of, of characters that are literally in the background for a single scene. Not even a scene, a frame <laughs> in a bar. Yeah. But it's amazing. I love that aspect of Star Wars. You can't do that really anywhere else, I don't think. I've never seen a franchise that can pick up characters like that and expand their stories like that. Like, I was trying to think, as we do our MCU retrospectives, Thor was our last MCU retrospective episode, so make sure you go check that out. But anyways, you look at the MCU and you look at background characters, you don't care. 
about background characters. Maybe no. a bit more in Guardians, yeah. but even they don't have the ability to expand on these characters. But you look at Star Wars, there's even a book coming out called from a certain point of view that is going to every background character a lot of background characters 40 different background characters wow. and explaining their perspective of the story of a new hope so that, that <laughs> goes to show you how expansive the universe is and how much time and effort is put into expanding characters backstories getting them action figures i love it it's awesome <laughs> it kind of reminds me of batman 89 when like that movie took off and like no one thought it was so they only made action figures of like batman and joker yeah and then after check off they're like oh shit we need to add characters so there's like bob the bodyguard like joker's henchman oh yeah yeah. yeah so yeah the uh the uh, action figure with him with the skull it on and so it's uh it's pretty funny how like sometimes just things blow know. up yeah yeah i mean maybe who knows maybe one day there'll be a thor action figure of darcy you never know. You never there, know. Is there one out there? There might be. I don't think so. Maybe. There's a Jane Foster. I saw a Jane Foster. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that, actually. That was Thor of the Dark World, I think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, sticking quickly with Star Wars here. We mentioned a couple times May the 4th, and with that always comes exclusives. And this year isn't quite as prolific as we've seen in the past. Last year, we saw the prototype Boba Fett come out in the Disney Store for the Elite Series. So that was a big rush to get that. That's the all-white Boba Fett. And they had a few different things, like a small six-inch scale Stormtrooper helmet that was all jazzed up with Boba Fett. So it seemed to be a theme last year. This year, a little bit more quiet. Lego is celebrating 4th to the 7th. They're doing a free R2 set when you purchase $50 or more. Now, it's just a really, really tiny R2. Oh, is that the one right there? That's the one right here. Oh, I got it looks the pretty cool. Here. And so you're getting double points when you're a VIP member. So Toys R Us is doing similar events. And I think one of these, I think it's Toys R Us, you are able to get a Darth Revan minifigure when you do a build. And the Disney Store, they're always good for their exclusives. This year, not a lot. There is a BB-8 pen exclusive to May the 4th weekend. It is eight bucks with your purchase, so that's all right. There's also a Elite Series, Star Wars Elite Series, the Droid Gift Pack. And these are the die casts, the six inch die cast, seven inch die cast, great figures. But this is a, a the droid pack that they're calling it a gift pack. It's just BB-8, C-3PO, and R2-D2 from Force Awakens packed into a single box. These are all figures that we've already got. So I'm not too keen on going out and grabbing this because I do have all these figures already. It's just yeah. in a nicer display. And it's kind of reminiscent of the Artifacts Plus I got behind me here. So don't really feel the need to get this but there are a lot of deals at the disney store there's also another one of these six inch special edition vinyl uh stormtrooper helmets it's an r2 helmet i don't know if it's a stormtrooper helmet but it is an r2 helmet so there is a little bit there you can get i'm not going to be running to the stores i'm still probably going to go check it out because sometimes they do have exclusives that they don't really announce and they just kind of drop in the day for the people that do come into the store so when i'm down in vegas i'm definitely going to check that out but again this year not the greatest may the fourth exclusive so kind of a common year i'm a little bit okay with kind of taking off and, and not really participating <laughs> that much being that we just had store celebration and coming into this and this being more of a guardians weekend i'm okay with kind of not having this huge spend because with the 40th anniversary vintage card back coming out and all the legends and all the three and three quarter inch i'm okay not spending a ton of money because i think last year i dropped like 150 bucks oh, at the wow. Disney store on may the fourth wow yeah. So make sure you head out to your stores if you are wanting to get the Disney Store exclusive pins. If you're a collector of Lego, this is probably something you're going to hit up at the local Lego stores or even Toys R Us. 
Yeah, do it up. Toys R Us. Sticking with Disney here, D23, the final panels were announced to that. So that's Disney's big personal convention. You do have a big show floor. They do a few big panels. In the past, we have seen footage from The Force Awakens, Beauty and the Beast. They have announced certain things there with regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this is Disney's real opportunity ahead of San Diego to announce some of their movie slates to show essentially what they're going to be putting out over the next couple of years. And the big panels that were announced, so on Friday is the Walt Disney Animation Studio and Pixar Animation Studios panel. So they're going to be talking about the sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, which is a movie I quite like. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, The Incredibles 2. Love that movie. And this movie called Coco. So they're probably going to be showing a bit of footage at this. And it's pretty exciting because these are movies that by the time these drop, my daughter's going to be old enough to go see in theaters. Wow. So this is going to be kind of the first round of Disney Pixar movies that I'm going to be able to take my daughter to go see, which is pretty exciting. And you're not going to be too far behind. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, you always remember, especially I did, uh, well, at least I did, uh, going to theaters with my parents. Yeah. It was something special and my parents have a love of cinema. And they pass that down to me, and I'm glad to hear that you're going to pass that down to your daughter, Definitely. and I'm going to pass that down to my daughter. And that's the way, you know, people get into these things is when you're a kid, right? Yep. Like, I'm a huge Batman fan because I saw Batman Forever as a kid and Batman Returns and Batman 89. And, you know, you're a huge Disney fan, and your daughter's going to probably be a huge Disney fan. I've already got her so ingrained yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. That she knows character names. She's going around, running around R2, D2, D8, Darth Vader, Force Choking. So she, I she, think I'm doing something right. She runs around, and if you're wearing a Star Trek uniform, she'll kick you in the shin. Yeah, she'll come on and just punch you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's exciting to see. And then Saturday, that's the big day. This is the, the Walt Disney Studios live action film. So this is primarily. Lucasfilm and Marvel Studios. These are two of our big franchises that we discussed all the time here on the podcast. And because we didn't get a lot announced at Star Wars Celebration about future projects from Lucasfilm, there's a lot of anticipation going into D23. Kathleen Kennedy did even refer in an interview with MTV that they are getting close to showing some of the footage from the young Han Solo movie. Ooh. And she did specifically say sometime around summer. And being this is running July 14th through 16th, it seems appropriate that we've had a lot of the, the first principal photography almost complete by this point yep. on the young Han Solo movie. Really exciting. We're probably going to get a bit more on The Last Jedi, maybe another kind of behind the scenes, similar to what we got Rogue One last year at Star of Celebration. Right, right. But I'm really excited at the potential for images at least maybe still photography of Aldrich Einreich in his Han Solo gear of Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian and maybe maybe just maybe a trailer and the other thing that people are speculating could they be announcing the forward going movies the next standalone could it be an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie could it be a Boba Fett or a Bounty Hunters movie there's a lot of anticipation going into D23 for Star Wars fans I know you're not totally <laughs> plugged into it all but you got to be at least excited a bit for the potential for some a trailer or something to that effect for the Young Han Solo movie. Absolutely. I mean, I was just thinking as you're uh, saying all this stuff that, you know, like a trailer or images, it's kind of funny. Like when you go to a movie, it's almost like the hype and the buildup towards the movie itself have become like just as fun as watching the movie. Yes. You know, it's like hunting and pecking and you're like, what do you want to see? What's going to get released? But you don't want to spoil too much. And it's that anticipation that like it builds you up more than like after you see the movie, right? Like you think about it, how many hours do we spend 
anticipating these films all day. Like it's, all, it's one of those yeah. things. And being that we have a podcast that focuses in on that, it, it, you're right. It's a lot about the build up to the movie, and you almost have this like euphoric sense when you walk into the movie theater. You sit down, you watch the movie, and then when you come out, sometimes even if the movie is fantastic, you feel a bit of this like weight disappear, and you don't know if you're disappointed in the movie or if you're disappointed in the whole fanfare surrounding the build up to the movie is over. It's kind of like Christmas. Yeah, it is, and it's lucky that we have a lot of movies we can roll over into because as we come out of Guardians, we go into Wonder Woman mode, right? And then after that spider-man homecoming exactly. and then you add in and pepper throughout their apes and all these different movies so we do have a lot of build-up anticipation but you're right it's it's a lot about talking speculating and that's what a lot of star wars fandom is based around right yeah it's talking thinking this headcanon that we go into trying to make up stories and fill in the time gaps and try to predict and speculate as to what's going to happen and there's a lot of fun in that and it gets you extra hype for the movie absolutely i completely agree one thing i was thinking about do you like that Disney has kind of made their own expo kind of, as opposed to everything going in San Diego, things get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. There's just so much. And Disney is like this big giant with three main things. You got your animated and your classical like live action films. Now your Marvel and your star Wars. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good idea for them to go up a little bit ahead put up their stuff and then San Diego comes around and then so they don't do as much in San Diego because they do have D23. Yeah. But I mean, it makes sense. Do, do you like that or do you like the old way where it was San Diego, everybody comes to play, everybody brings the big guns and everybody tries to win that weekend? You know, I like the, the competitive nature of San Diego and it was always that big weekend. But we have to remember back when it became what it is today that was when Marvel Studios was in its infancy. We were just getting some of the Dark Knight stuff. We didn't have these big, massive, expansive cinematic universes. And when you look at San Diego now, it almost seems like it was too full. Mm-hmm. And for someone going to San Diego, like you're going down, we can talk about that in two seconds. Here, okay. That you may be a bit of a letdown because you can't see everything. You can't see Star Well, you're going to see cosplay and all these people there. And yeah. There's vendors, Hasbro and all that are oh, there. Oh, for sure. So you do get that experience, but not in the same sense of the panels and that anticipation level for numerous trailers dropping that weekend. But I think the fact that DC's backfilled some of that, Fox doesn't really do much anymore, but you have a lot of different studios and properties filling in that space. And the fact that you get a celebration that is pure Star Wars and you get D23, which kind of fills that niche for Marvel and Star Wars, I think it's pretty cool that they're separate because it spreads everything out a bit. Yeah. Otherwise, everything on top of each other, it's impossible to keep track of. And some things like trailers and that, if they're not your Justice Leagues, your Marvel Studios, your stars, stuff gets kind of lost. And I think that the fact that they have D23 now to showcase their own properties, they get the focus this weekend, and then the following weekend, it's DC's turn or Fox's turn or whomever's, right? Mm-hmm. And I like that separation. It's just the only kind of setback is if you were to go to San Diego, you don't get everything. Right. And for me, as a Marvel and Star Wars fan, I probably wouldn't go to San Diego I'd probably maybe more go to a D23 or a celebration where it's more of a concentration of properties that I like as opposed to San Diego, which is kind of just everything, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I did kind of give it away. (laughs) You let the cat out of the bag, Tim. A little bit. We're going to have representation down at San Diego Comic-Con this year. The first time that you are going, correct? Absolutely. The first time I'm going, I think the first time 
any of us are going to. Yep. Troy hasn't gone. I haven't gone. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're wondering how to get tickets, I'll just run through the process a little bit quickly here. What you got to do is you got to sign in, get a user ID. Um, and then once you get that, so they have two different sales that you can get tickets. The first one is returning guests. So if you go one year, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to go the next year, which I'm hoping is the case because I want to make this an annual thing. Yeah. Like once I get my ticket, which I did, I'm not giving it up. You're going to have to pry it from my cold dead hands to borrow Even if you line. have to buy it and not go. Exactly, right? It's, if something like happened one year where I couldn't go, I'd rather have that option so I could go the next year. Yeah. And tickets per day, cheap. I think like 40 bucks a day. Wow. Yeah, that's it. So that only gets you into the convention center so much to everything else. And you still got to do the overnight panels and all these type of things, right? Yeah, I've heard people camping overnight to go to Hall H. Yeah. And once they get in, they don't leave their seat because there's no washrooms. And people, you leave, someone will just run in and fill it. That's crazy. I mean, I, I was telling, I don't know if I was telling you this. It was here this. last week you said this. Yeah, yeah. If I, you know, if I got into Hall H, unfortunately, I'm only there the Thursday. So I won't be there for the Friday and Saturday, the big Hall H's. But if I got there, I think I'd probably just wear a diaper because like I don't want to <laughs> like commitment. Think about it, though. If you Would you want to like ruin the whole time thinking oh, I gotta go pee, but I don't really have but I don't want to leave and I've waited all night like just, you know, I almost just piss in a bottle or something. Might as well. Well, why That's would you use a pants. bottle and just use a depends? I don't know. That's, just, <laughs> that's almost too much commitment. Troy and I kind of talked a bit about this when we were talking about Star Celebration, about how you approach a big convention like that. Do you yeah. go whole hog and just do the panels, try to do it, or do you just take it more of a fan interaction or a fandom interaction more than anything? Like you just interact with fellow Star Wars fans, Marvel fans, DC fans, and mm -hmm. just kind of immerse yourself in the culture for the weekend as opposed to try to get into every single panel when you can just watch it on YouTube at the same time. Yeah, I think it's too hard to get into the panels because I'm only there for one day. So people have, as I said, they wait overnight five, six hours to get one exclusive I've heard is not uncommon. No. So, I mean, that's pretty crazy. And I'm only there one day, so I don't want to waste it. If I was there all four days, then yeah, one day would just be my exclusive day. I'd go the first yeah. day, get all my exclusives that I wanted. But you got to pick and choose. I mean, there's DC, Marvel, Mattel, um, Hasbro. Disney, Hasbro, Funko, Funko um, so many Mondo yeah. has a booth too. And I'm a huge Mondo fan of their steelbooks and their posters. So it's like, what do you, what do you choose? Like, that, that's the thing. I, I, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I'll be taking some pictures and posting them on Twitter. I heard the bandwidth is terrible at the convention because it's like all, hundred thousand yeah, nerds trying up. to tweet yeah <laughs> but um look for the tweets and the pictures that'll be on my feed and the nerd room feed once i get back to your Calgary. handle my handle is at sunjabi s-u-n-j-a-b-b-i yeah so make sure you follow him he's gonna be keeping us up to date he's gonna be throwing me photos we post post them on the nerd room twitter account as well so i'm gonna try to make him go and send in some lines to get me some exclusives <laughs> we'll see if he wants to waste his entire trip down there <laughs> sending a line to get me a thrawn exclusive i, I saw the thrawn exclusive it looks amazing badass right yeah the box <sighs> itself is something they do so well with those San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. The the FET from a couple years ago, the Jabba. Like they've done just great stuff with their exclusives, but they're almost impossible to get. I've only ever gotten one San Diego Comic-Con exclusive and I managed to get it in Hasbro Toy Shop after the convention and it was the Infinity Gauntlet. It's still my favorite piece. It's beautiful. Oh, it's awesome. It's a big glove and it's got the, the, the ring of figures around it, Thanos, Death, Nebula, and Star Fox. Star Fox, maybe. That might be a character from a video game. 
Yeah, I was eventually. thinking Star Fox 64. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name. Anyways, it's his brother from Infinity Gauntlet. And it doesn't matter. But I'm looking forward to seeing what you got going on in San Diego. I know you're doing a lot of stuff around the convention as well because yeah. there's a lot going on outside of the convention center itself. Yeah, so for people who go, I mean, if anyone's going that listens to this, shoot me a tweet, shoot me a message, and we can connect if we're there at the same time. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on because, you know, not just the convention center, the city embraces this event. So we got Conan O'Brien doing four shows that week. Um, we have, there's a beer fest that's on the day before that's put on by Will Wheaton. Nice. Um, Will there's, Wheaton, yeah. Yes. Kevin Smith has about two or three podcasts that he'll be doing a tons of podcast shooting there. There's also like outside the Hilton hotel and some other hotels. There's like a DC area where they had heroes park for Batman V Superman samsung put out like a suicide squad experience nice um i think petco park uh their baseball stadium had something as well for mr robot the tv show yeah um if you're a big fan of cartoon network like rick and morty which i am they have a carnival that they actually put out there with like a ferris wheel and games and stuff where you can win prizes so it's pretty exciting like I, i'm gonna admit i'm pretty jacked for this vacation definitely and it, that's cool that it's not just about the convention anymore it's not that you have to have your ticket for every single day to do something to enjoy the experience like it's by the sounds of it you can do almost the whole thing and the fact that you could go on the show floor for a day that's pretty awesome and yeah you miss some of the panels but at the end of the day that's okay it's more about the experience and i think sharing something like this with fandom is the most important part of it. You're like a like-minded individuals. It's like this past weekend at the expo. It's, it was great just interacting with people that had that same passion for Star Wars, Marvel, DC, whatever, talking to people about comic books and mm-hmm. posters and collecting and all this. Like that's almost the whole fun of these conventions is who you get to interact with. Absolutely. I know me and Troy were looking for one of his Batman issues. And I was just saying like, oh, I haven't read too much Batman pre New 52. And then this lady hears and she's like, oh, you should read this storyline and this storyline. And then we just got off on a tangent talking about Batman for like 10 minutes. Yeah. It's the way it should be. Yeah. And everyone's so nice. Like there's no like, oh, screw you, Marvel. Screw you, DC. Everyone's just like, ah, you know, like whatever you're into, you know, it has everything. So it's only me that. (laughs) Yeah. Tim, Tim cosplayed as a DC fanboy. Yeah. That's what you should do. We should have a bet next year. And then the loser will have to. Dress up as either a Marvel or DC character. I'm down. All right. Should okay, we do it? here's here's I'm gonna throw this one on the table then. Okay. So let's get into our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 prelude discussion. So let's just quickly frame what we're gonna talk about here for the next 10-15 minutes. As we go into these big cinematic movies, Marvel, DC, whatever, we like to the week before go back and revisit some of the comic books, some of the characters, and give a little bit of insight as to what we think we're going to see. And for the new characters that are popping up on the screen, we're just gonna give a bit of comic book background. Just go through Ego, Mantis, these type of characters that we haven't seen before in the Guardians universe, and just kind of shed some light on the characters themselves, as well as kind of guide you towards some of the comic books that you can read if you like these characters, or if you want to learn a bit more about these characters as you envelop yourself within the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. But first, here's the bet. So we always do, our predictions for the box office individual movies. And I realized when I was thinking about it today, I never really go back and check to see <laughs> yeah. who got it right or who was the closest. Exactly. So with this weekend's opening, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 opened internationally over the weekend. It opened, I think, in 58% of the international markets. It pulled in about $100 million. So it's about $15 million more than predicted. Well, wow. So that's pretty good. So it opened UK, Brazil, everywhere basically except for North America. Mm-hmm. And so we get it this weekend. And 
fortunate enough, we've been able to avoid most of the spoilers. But when we're looking at the tracking numbers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 here, $100 million is quite impressive internationally. These aren't huge markets. Mm -hmm. So this sets us up to have an absolutely massive weekend in North America. And just to frame this a bit, so our most recent entries into the MCU was Civil War last yep. year did 179 million. So this played very much like an Avengers event movie. Yep. So that's still behind Age of Ultron, 191, and Guardians 207. We're not even talking about <laughs> no. the, this space. Are you sorry, Avengers 207? Avengers 2 was, yeah. or Age of Ultron was 191, yeah. and The Avengers. Yeah. Whatever I said. I think you said Guardians, but whatever. Oh, did I say? <laughs> Remember when Age of Ultron came on, people were saying it was a disappointment because it didn't hit 200 million? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be funny to see what a disappointment is for Guardians yeah. here. And Doctor Strange, it did $85 million. It was quite impressive. Mm -hmm. And we look back at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 in 2014, it did $94 million in its opening weekend. Wow. Extremely impressive for a relatively or almost almost unknown property i'd call this obscurity Absolutely. no one knew what was going on here. i didn't even know when i read comic books every week yeah so when you kind of look at that we've got this scale doctor strange did about 85 now we're going into a sequel which have consistently gotten bumps because the avengers style bump or the, the recognition the hype going into these movies mm -hmm. let's lay down our predictions for opening weekend domestically okay I'm going to just take a bit of cue from what you did. Maybe we can develop this a bit further okay. in the next couple casts. But yeah. Why don't we do Loser of the Bet buys the tickets for the next movie. Okay. That sounds so good. We're going to do closest to without going over. Oh, okay. So price is right rules here. All right. Lay down your prediction for domestic opening weekend for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And remember what's at stake here. Yeah. Basically putting $20 on the table. IMAX screening. Ooh, for Wonder Woman. That'll be the for next Wonder one. For Wonder Woman, yes. Wouldn't that be something, me buying you tickets for Wonder Woman? Yes, yes. Or me buying you tickets for Wonder Woman. Um, well, how do I know you're not just going to say $1? Or just I'm do $1 a, more than what I say? I won't do that. I have a number <laughs> written here. Okay. I will say this number and I can show it to you. But I'm, I'm going to try to make an actual prediction. Okay. Should we say it both at the same time on three? Sure. One, two, three. 165. Come on. No way. <laughs> that was the best. Did we just become best friends? Yes. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to do 165 and $1. Uh, okay, I'll do 165 and $2. No, okay. So I'll let you take 165 I'll go on the optimistic end and say 169 Okay. I'll do 170 I'll do oh, 170 Okay, okay. I'll bump into that. Sounds good. So I'm just gonna spread false rumors about this movie, so it just does be that 165 to 170. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. That was quite funny, actually. Yeah, that was unplanned, <laughs> by the way. So when we're looking at this space, I said 170, Sanjay said 165. That puts it nine billion dollars short of Captain America: Civil War and four million dollars short of Iron Man three. Wow. So I think it can get there. That's that's just under a hundred million dollars more than the opening weekend for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Impressive. So it, that that's, I think, a bit of a stretch, maybe. We might be on the very high end of the spectrum. But at the same time, these movies, especially with good word of mouth, do have a tendency to overperform. And mm -hmm. I think Guardians might be one of the ones that actually does that. Because coming out of the reviews, I've just looked at a cursory few reviewers, Rotten Tomatoes and these type of things, to try to get a gauge on this. This is looking quite favorable. We're up in the 85 plus percent range in Rotten Tomatoes. Now. Mm -hmm. And 
generally coming out of this, this is a fun movie. People are enjoying it. It's a great follow-up. The soundtrack's great. So it's playing on a lot of the cues from the original Guardians movie that people did like. So it's going to get people back into the theaters. Hopefully the story is just a bit more expansive. It's not just a repeat of what we saw before. Yeah. Do you have any concerns that it will be going into this movie? You know, like... They're going to be playing off of some of the similar elements, particularly when it comes to the soundtrack yeah. and when it comes to the characters. I, I don't really have a fear that we're going to be repeating a lot of things. Like, I think Drax is going to have a lot of good lines. Yeah. They may start to wear thin as we get towards the end of the movie because we've seen a lot of that early. Yeah. It just comes down to evolving the characters. I think when you look at the cast of characters that they're adding to this, it's going to make the movie feel a lot different. We have a lot of returning characters, including Drax, Gamora, Star-Lord, Groot in baby group form rocket so these characters are staple characters we've got yondu having a much bigger presence in this film as well as the addition of a few characters here that we're going to get into so mantis being one of the additions to the guardians team so this is an interesting character she's also yellowy green skin she has the antennae here she does seem to have some sort of telepathic or cognitive abilities now she's a character that goes all the way back to 1973 she first debuted in avengers 112 and she actually kicked around between dc image and marvel so this character has been around yeah for quite a long time gone through some evolution as far as powers her origin but she's interesting an important character to the guardians universe because when we're looking at our present day guardians films they take a lot of cues from the 2008 version so this is the abnet and landing run that comes out of annihilation annihilation conquest and mantis made her reappearance in Annihilation Conquest Star-Lord. So this is a four-issue miniseries. And that's something that you should definitely pick up. And then she has a part in Annihilation Conquest as well. So this is the second and the follow-on to Annihilation, something that I've been banging on about as far as a comic book for quite some time. So it's great that they're using this character because she is such a big part of that run. She is somewhat of the glue that holds the Guardians together when they are at their lows. And look at the character from the trailers. She looks great too. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see her on screen. It's not a character that I know too much about. But as I, as you said, there's some great comedic parts with uh, Star-Lord there and Drax. And, yeah. You know, she reads and she's like, oh, I sense love. And then Star-Lord's, yeah, like that whole scene. I thought that was great. Um, seems like an interesting character. Is she super powerful? Like, does she have any um like fighting ability or is she more like a alfred or a jarvis who's no, she's just very skilled martial artist oh okay so i'm hoping that we're gonna get some kick-ass fight scenes with her in this as well at least from the comic books she yeah. does have that that kind of that the martial arts background oh interesting yeah because uh after seeing the trailers and stuff i mean i know they don't give a lot away you wouldn't pick that up so i'm glad you told me because now yeah. i can go in thinking okay this is a kick-ass you know don't mess with mantis is she is she supposed to be like praying mantis like the I think it's playing off something like that just yeah. based off her antennae and all that and the, her color of her skin. Yeah. So they've toned that down a bit. She is a bit greener in the comic books, but being the fact that we have Drax, Gamora, Hulk's off in space right now. Yeah. Another green character. So they've kind of dampened. I think she's almost like a a, a, a flesh tony, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it's not so much green-yellow, but I'm excited to see her join the Guardians. And another character in here that is somewhat strange is, is Eagle the Living Planet. Yeah. And Kurt Russell, right? Kurt Russell, yeah. So this is apparently, and spoiler alert here, but this is from the trailers, and we know this because James Gunn has said this. He is Star-Lord's father in the movie. And when you look back at the comics, th- this character's been around, I believe, since the 60s or 70s. And he's not the father of Star-Lord <laughs> comic books. Um, Eagle, the living planet, is actually a living planet. And it's it's literally a planet with a face, a beard, everything. Wow. 
And it's. A <laughs> I wonder if they'll actually go that route. I doubt it. No, I think what they're going to do with this this character is that Kurt Russell is going to be the avatar for the planet and he has the ability to control the planet because that's a lot about in the comic books what ego is he's he's incredibly intelligent but he also has the ability to manipulate the, the surface mm-hmm. and that's why he's able to kind of produce the face he can control what's going on the plant organic matter right and so i think that's the, the where they're going with this they might do a little throwaway where you get a little bit of a face in something kind of yeah. as you pan by it just as a nod to the overall character yeah but this is a character that isn't overly present in the comic books like he does have some important pieces some interaction with galactus there is kind of another planet that's created called alter eagle that's his brother and they fought like planet on planet so a lot of crazy <laughs> crap going yeah, on yeah i was gonna say i wonder how that would work i just picture like something really boring i think they just... literally bite each other really yeah that's amazing they need to add that to the movie yeah <laughs> so an interesting character they're they're taking liberties a lot with with eagles especially mm-hmm. and mantis i think they're gonna be pretty comic accurate with there's a couple other characters in here that I think they're going to take a few liberties with. And one is this character called Aisha. She is the, the gold lady that we do see in the trailers. The Oscar statue. Exactly. And the interesting thing about this character is she does have a, a long history in the comic books. But maybe one of the most intriguing parts about the character herself is her connection to another significant cosmic entity in the Marvel comic book universe. And that's Adam Warlock. Okay, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, so she's also known as her. So she was created after Adam Warlock to try to create, by I believe the same the same people, the Enclave that created Adam Warlock. So they're trying to create the perfect human. Oh, uh, okay. And that's something they did with Adam Warlock, and she is basically made as a mate, I believe, for Adam Warlock. So it's kind of like Adam and Eve. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So that's why actually Adam is the biblical name that yeah. was given to Warlock. And so, because he's kind of this cosmic messiah, this very Christ-like figure in the oh, comic okay. books, yeah, uh, made kind of this this perfect humanoid made by science, but then kind of has an awakening. This is Adam Warlock has an awakening, realizes that they're making him to be the perfect weapon, and he turns on them, kills them, and then kind of disappears and shows back up in Infinity Gauntlet. Actually, oh, okay, that makes sense. So it's it's cool that with Aisha, with her, that she kind of acts as almost an introduction potentially to Adam Warlock. And that's one of the big predictions that I'm going to make here is that looking at the cocoon that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, looking at this character and taking her comic book origins into consideration, I believe it's starting to point us in the direction that we're going to see at least a cameo from Adam Warlock, if not something more teased towards the end of the movie. Maybe one of those after credit scenes. That's going to be one of my predictions for these five after credit scenes. It's going to be some sort of reference to Adam Warlock because they're seeing a lot of things here. And by taking her, Aisha, this this what could be one of the main antagonists in the film, mm-hmm. and putting her in there, saying that it's this character... I think it's really pointing in that direction. I think that's kind of the most significant part of this character. Like she does have these superhuman strength. I don't know exactly what they're going to do with her, but in the comic book, she has the ability to manipulate the cosmic powers and all this. So pretty powerful character, but I think it's more important her relationship to Adam Warlock, who is kind of the, the, the yin to Thanos's yang, kind of this arch nemesis. And he's a very important character in the Marvel cosmic universe. And I think they would be really mistaken to not include him, at least tease him in Guardians of the Galaxy, because he could play a big part in Infinity War or going into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as well. Yeah, um, he must be a very powerful character if he's going toe-to-toe with Thanos. Yeah. He so can basically do anything. 
He does have the soul stone as well in the comic books at least. Well, maybe that's how Thanos gets the soul stone because that's the one he's missing. Yeah, that is the one he's missing. So there's been a lot of speculation. We've thrown a lot out there. Could it be Hela? Could it be him, which fits this H? Could it be Heimdall? So if you look at this Thanos theory that each stone, each kind of container or relic that it's within, eventually you spell out the word Thanos and all we're missing right now is the H because the N was necklace and uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. So her, Aisha, potentially, oh. or him, Adam Warlock. Or, or Darcy. Yeah, or She Darcy. has the soul stone she from might. Thor. Yeah, that, uh, that's her source of all of her comedic <laughs> No, so briefly getting back to Adam Warlock, like I said, he was an artificially created human by the scientists called the Enclave, and he was made to be the perfect human. And eventually oh, so he's they wanted like to point me, him, right? Exactly. Like yeah, exactly. Eventually they wanted to make him into a weapon. He kind of realized this, kind of disappeared for a while after killing them, and he shows back up in Annihilation Conquest as well. So when you look back at the books, comic books that is, I've been banging on about Annihilation, Annihilation Conquest. If you want to get into Marvel Cosmic, go back and read these very significant moments for these characters. They, they've they kind of plucked a lot of the important characters out of the startling 1990s runs, the Infinity Gauntlet through Infinity Crusade and all this, yeah. and put them into the modern comic books. And Adam Warlock currently isn't around as far as I know, but if you want to get to know a bit more about Adam Warlock, go to Annihilation Conquest. He is one of the first original new guardians from the 2008 Abnett and Landing run, yep. along with Star-Lord and Groot and a few others. And if you want to get some of that Jim Starling flavor of Adam Warlock, he's a big part of Infinity Gauntlet, a big part of the follow-on from that. He does lead what is called the Infinity Watch. I remember if you go back into comic book bins, you can always find Warlock in the Infinity Watch. Yeah. So the Infinity Gems after Infinity Gauntlet were spread out between Pip the Troll. I think <laughs> Drax got one, Gamora, Adam Warlock. Someone else got one. Thanos had one for a little bit. But anyways, they separated them so they couldn't come together into the Gauntlet uh... again. And so there's some good stories in there as well. They're kind of this psychedelic retro 90s Jim Starling comic books. So sometimes they're hard to follow. But they're really good comic books if you're looking to learn a little bit more about Adam Warlock and his significance to the cosmic part of the Marvel comic book universe. It's sad that now the 90s is retro. It is sad, right? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Right? Um, I remember reading Infinity Gauntlet, and there was like a council that had like talked about defeating Thanos, and it was Galactus and I think Silver oh, Surfer. Elders of the Universe, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Potentially. Yes. Yeah. It's a shame that Galactus isn't in the MCU where he belongs. So let's speculate on that a little bit. Okay, let's do that. So recently, Kevin Feige and James Gunn have been talking about the follow-on to Phase 3. Right. And they're talking about ending or potentially ending the way they currently tell stories. And that is this continuous forward moving narrative across a wide spanning franchises and wide spanning characters. So with that potentially happening, Feige and James Gunn were leaning on a bit that they might be creating more of a cosmic Marvel Cinematic Universe. So this would be including Guardians, Thor potentially, and adding in different characters as we look into the cosmic universe. There's a lot of characters they can leverage on. Mm -hmm. Nova, Richard Rider being one. Yeah. Um, you could look at Beta Ray Bill. You could leverage a lot of characters here. Howard the Duck. Exactly. And going back to your point about Galactus and Silver Surfer, if you remember not too long ago, Marvel was trying to trade... I think it's Fox, yeah, because they own Fantastic Four. Right. For this. And if you look at the Fantastic Four franchise that kind of went down the toilet, 
a part of me feels like there's been something going on in the background because they got that Legion show yep. approved by Marvel. Could it be that Silver Surfer oh. or Galactus or the Skrulls oh. make an appearance or at least a cameo in this film? Can you imagine? I would lose my mind. What I if think it's... we're going a oh. bit too far with this. Yeah. But at the same time, there is potential there. I mean, because the, the uh, deal is they have to make a Fantastic Four movie, what, every five years? Something like that. Or at least put one into production. So I don't see them doing that within the next four years. And so maybe Marvel's like, look... We know you're not going to make another Fantastic Four movie. The last one you made was god-awful. Why don't you, you know what? You make a TV show and maybe, you know what? You want um, another X-Men character, someone that we have that we're not doing anything with. I don't know. Someone that, you know, is just kicking around. I don't even know who it is. But, you know, we'll trade you them and then you give us Fantastic Four and Galactus. Just picture, you know, we always talk about what's coming out after infinity gauntlet like how do you top this thanos and the only thing i can think of would be galactus yeah something very cosmic i think scrolls could also fill that or dr doom something oh yeah something where you'd have to what if they had galactus and then they need thanos's help to defeat him they could do so much and that would fit this kind of cosmic shift that they will do or they could be doing to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The only thing that would kind of suck is that Fantastic Four wouldn't be like one of the first heroes because yeah. they they started the Marvel comic universe. Yeah. Could be an inverse though. They could be the last. Yeah. Heroes, right? You know, right. Or maybe they, they went off, got their powers and they've been fighting in space for like 20 years. And then that gives you a tangent where you can do Fantastic Four movies that don't connect and have exactly. them in space fighting like cool space alien planets and that's a lot of what fantastic four was originally about when stanley and jack kirby first put that to comic book mm-hmm. it had a lot to do with spacefaring adventures and all this that's why scrolls ronan all these characters were first introduced in fantastic four even the mole man yeah mole man yeah. Yeah, even, <laughs> the mole man. even the mole man when's he gonna get his own movie never played by hans moleman in the <laughs> simpsons <laughs> Quickly, as we got off another tangent here, we're going to come back to that tangent, actually. I'm going to kind of splay this back around here and come back to one other character that I want to quickly talk about. One other addition to the cast that is quite interesting. It's this character called Taserface, a ridiculous character, a character that James Gunn said was the dumbest character (laughs) of all time. He would never include him in a film. And now we have him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He's one of the Ravengers. He's got the pink kind of messed up face. He's a bit of an idiot. He does have some comic book roots to the Guardians. He did make his first appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy number one from 1990. Wow. And he does serve as somewhat of an antagonist there. He, That whole run took place in the year for the 31st century. And he has some relation to this, this group or this primitive society that worships Tony Stark. Oh, really? As I can't remember, something was happening and Tony Stark fired off all of his technology into space and eventually land on this primitive world and Taserface comes off that and he's kind of a scout for as they call themselves the stark and anyways no need to go i really don't think you need to go and do any research on this character he's fairly limited in his comic book reach but it's cool that they've gone back and and reached into obscurity of the guardians universe and pulled out this Taserface character so it's nice that they're building this like they're taking a lot of liberties again with this character i think he was pretty much a cyborg okay. in the comic books but we're going to see him showing up as maybe one of the leaders of the Ravengers after Yondu. He may mount this mutiny on Yondu that we potentially are seeing from the trailers. Yeah. So, again, it's cool. They, they've reached so deep into 
the Guardians universe into the Cosmic Universe to produce a film that is going to look, I think, or is going to be awesome. Oh, I agree. And the cool thing is with Guardians is you can go and, as you said, not make it comic accurate, and most of the general audience won't know no i think you're the only one that i know that if they like screwed up something you'd be like well that wasn't in the comic everyone else would just roll with it because like even though the first movie was such a big hit i don't know like how that many people who read guardians like back in the like the old comics yeah they're not you know what they're they're not fantastic comics the old ones yeah they do have really cool characters that they've brought back into modern day with the guardians 3000 run so you got major vance astro martin x charlie 27 um star hawk like there's a lot of cool characters there that i think they potentially could be bringing in to this universe and if you want to understand a bit more of the 31st century the original guardians of the galaxy that i think debuted in the 60s and had their own run in the 1990s Go to the Guardians 3000 book that was recently done by, I believe it was Dan Abnett, may have been Lanning. Anyways, they had a the run there that was came out a couple, maybe a year or so ago, and it really describes and goes into quite a bit of depth a lot of these characters in the build-up to Secret War. Oh, okay. And it's a lot of fun, and they do have some kind of crossing with the Guardians of the Galaxy from the 21st century. So getting a background in characters doesn't necessarily mean going back to the original comic books. They've kind of brought these and modernized some of these characters and made them a bit more relevant in the comic book universe, at least. And so that gives me a little bit of indication that they're going to start rolling some of these characters into this wider cosmic universe. And I'm really excited about that. But you're right. I think that James Gunn and Marvel Studios do have a lot more liberties that they can take with these characters from the comic books because some of their origins are quite unique. Mm-hmm. They're a bit out there. And I just using names and concepts, I think, is okay. They, they stuck pretty close with Star-Lord, at least the new iteration of Star-Lord. Yeah. And Rocket Raccoon, Drax is pretty spot on. So they, they've done a lot of good things there. And I think to make the story flow well, sticking to a comic book accurate taser face wouldn't work. No. It would look stupid. <laughs> He's yeah. got a ponytail and everything. Like, it's well, don't like the ponytail. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we kind of bang through a, a lot of Guardian stuff there, and I think we should continue to speculate a bit here because okay. we've got some rumors here that there's five post-credit sequences. We've talked okay. kind of about one Adam Warlock. Done. What else do you think they could be teasing or seeding for future movies or for movies like Infinity Gauntlet and Thor Ragnarok? What else do you think could be in there? And again, spoilers here. We don't yeah, know we what have they no are. Idea. No clue. This is pure speculation. Howard the Duck making another cameo. I agree with that one. I think he's going to be back. He was hugely popular. Yeah, he's definitely. So that's two. That's Adam two. Warlock being one. Howard some sort of cameo. Yeah, I'm going to go with Thor Ragnarok. Some sort of tease. Kind yeah. of like... What do you think it's going to be? It'll be like a scene or something. Kind of like in... Um, uh, what was it? I can't remember the movie, but at the end, it was a scene from Civil War. That was the after credits one. That was Ant-Man? Yeah, I think Ant-Man, yeah. So it'll be something like that where it's just like a tease, like a scene or yeah, something. It's plucked right out of the film like we saw with Thor with the hammer Yeah, scene. and uh, or uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, it where... was a scene out of Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah, so I think it'll be that. Uh, that's three. I'm, I'm going to say on that one, I agree there's going to be a Thor tease. Yeah. I'm going to say something to do with the Grandmaster, with Jeff Goldblum's character. Oh, uh, okay. And kind of referencing the world that they're on there, maybe something to do with the Collector shows up there, oh. or something to that effect that's going to work in that kind of more Guardians-looking portion of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I think they're going to work that in somehow. 
Okay. That seems to be a nice continuity piece is introduce a bit of the Grandmaster because he's going to be a character that's, again, very strange. He's got the white hair, the blue lipstick. and He needs to be Jeff all blue. Yeah, yeah, he should be all blue, but I'm sure there's a reason that he's not. The makeup. So that's, yeah. <laughs> so that's three. Uh, Thanos. Thanos. Ooh, I don't know about Thanos. You don't think so, eh? He did have a part in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. That's right. But I think the Thanos reference is going to be saved for Thor Ragnarok. Okay, okay. And my fifth guess is someone on Earth is going to spot the Guardians. Okay. It might be like a satellite of Stark Industries or something that's like, oh, I'm relaying this information. And it's just like the ship flying and you just see them like partying or something. And then they go in like, what the hell's going on? That would be cool. Yeah, that that's my fifth one. Okay. So I got two more here. So okay. the first three we agree on. I really want to say they're going to somehow seed the Inhumans IMAX slash TV show thing. Because of the origins of the Inhumans are based in Kree. We got the Kree from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Yeah. I'm hoping that they start to seed that a bit. The only problem with that being, as I've kind of thought through this as I'm talking, is that Marvel TV and Marvel Film aren't really well connected. They never cross over. No. So I don't know, because it's debuting in IMAX, I don't know where this lands as far as responsibilities. So potentially seeding the Inhumans is something that I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. And the last thing that... See, I have two things here. Beta Ray Bill being one. Oh, I never would have guessed that one. Because there was those that rumor that he was in the collector's vault. You saw something that looked yellow with a big cape back turned, right? Oh, I, I missed that so completely. So maybe Beta Ray Bill, or, and this is a pipe dream possibly, is seeding the scrolls. Oh. That you do see something that kind of flickers and you see a scroll of some sort. Like an eye turned green or something. Yeah. Yeah. So th- those I think are a bit much. I think... We're probably going to get two impactful ones and three goofy ones. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping maybe we seed something a lot bigger, a lot bigger for the cosmic universe, a threat that is coming way down the line. You look at what Avengers did with Thanos. We seeded him in 2012. We're not going to get him until 2018. Mm-hmm. I want something like that for the Guardians universe. We seed something now and we kind of reference it here and there as we go. And eventually we get some sort of massive scroll, secret invasion type thing. Pipe dream possibly yeah like that's that's way out there but maybe who knows you never know anyways well guardians of the galaxy comes out this week we're super stoked for it for those you tickets no oh, you're in vegas i'm in vegas that's right yeah so for those of you that are going to see it we'd love to hear your comments what you thought of it just wait until middle of next week though yeah if you saw it internationally don't spoil it for us yes. and say oh sanjay was right on all five after credit scenes because now, everyone's been quite kind on Twitter yeah. and Facebook and all that, that no one's gone out and spoiled anything on purpose. You have to go hunting for spoilers. They are out there. Oh, seems. really? Yeah, I wow. didn't look at them, anything like that. So it's going to be interesting to come back and revisit to see how close we yeah. are, how, probably how far off we actually are. <laughs> I think we'll get at least two. I would think two is reasonable. I think the, the Adam Warlock, I just think that there's something coming there. And if nothing else, the Howard the Duck and yeah. the Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. I so. think those are staples definitely so hope you guys enjoyed gardens of galaxy make sure to tune back in here next thursday for our gardens of galaxy volume 2 review we'll be taking the whole episode myself troy and sanjay will be breaking down in all the detail as we usually do and this is also acting as our mcu retrospective episode for the month of may 
So we won't be dropping an additional episode and we're kind of going a bit out of order, but that's just to capture these weekend of release reviews. So we're not going back and revisiting them later on. We will bring them up in the discussions when we talk about Guardians Galaxy Volume 1 and when we go eventually into Infinity War, they're going to be involved, but we're not going to do an actual sit down episode later on in next year sometime. So before we move on, big news, James Gunn announced for Guardians 3. That's awesome news. Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a pretty good trilogy. I mean, we talk about best trilogies in the MCU. This has the potential to be number one. Yeah, it's the only director that's returned for all the whole three. trilogy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess, eh? Yeah. It could be number one. Isn't that crazy? Like, if you would have told me 20 years ago that Guardians of the Galaxy would be Marvel's biggest selling franchise? Yeah, no way. In july of 2014 no one knew who they were yeah and then the movie dropped at the first of august they're just a bunch of a-holes yeah <laughs> they found a niche and that's what these comic book movies need to do yeah look at deadpool guardians like they all found something unique mm-hmm. and they ran with it and i think that's how you be successful and james gunn you know before he did guardians he wasn't doing great work like he was doing scooby-doo movies and well he wrote that he did super which was all right and he did I a lot of trauma films yeah and so this this first this the shot that he got i think he proved right away and now he's going to be like if he doesn't get something after he finishes up with guardians something huge like this guy's gonna be at the top of everyone's list do you want him to do a star wars you know that's funny you say that because i wouldn't say no outright but yeah. he's just got such a well he's crafted the guardians universe himself right mm-hmm. so would he have a tendency to try to translate some of that into the star wars universe and not kind of mold his own star wars story yeah as much as bring in what he's kind of done in guardians into that film so i would say no like he's done his space opera and he's done very well with it and it's a very particular type of space opera yeah does that translate well into star wars not as much yeah so i'm gonna say leave him over there let him do something different i think that he's the type of guy that can build something from scratch and i think he just needs to find his next project to build star wars v guardians of the galaxy there you go Boom. That's a billion dollar movie right there. That is. It's a billion dollar weekend for sure. Yeah. <laughs> May the 4th and Guardians. Oh, yeah. Awesome stuff. Great stuff. All right, man. Well, that wraps up our Guardians Galaxy Volume 2 prelude discussion. A lot of tangents. I'm sorry. That's me. Very tangential, which is good. <laughs> I think that is important piece of podcasting is tangents. That's right. Unlike your math when you have parallels. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. To close out the episode here, let's discuss the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. It is kind of our San Diego for the city. The whole Mm -hmm. city gets hyped. Everyone's talking about it. Like I said last week, everyone's out waving those nerd flags. And I continue to go to this thing and think to myself, I did not know there was this many people in the Calgary and surrounding area that were this passionate about whether it's lord of the rings star wars gaming whatever there's something for everyone there and people love what they're doing Mm -hmm. like it's so great to see people so passionate about things that they love and interacting like i said before with the people they're on the floor like i had the opportunity to rock around with my boy elliot i met up with troy i met up with izzy yourself and we had a great time. And it's more, for me, it's more about that beyond the panels and all that and the autographs and then finding stuff on the floor. It's about kind of kicking it with your buddies and talking comics, talking movies, and just in that atmosphere. Like, it's absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, as you said, it's got something for everyone. If you've never been to a comic convention or a comic expo, I highly suggest you go. Whether it's Calgary, whether it's your local one, wherever you go. I mean, it's just a fantastic place for geeks and nerds alike to get together once a year and just shoot the shit about geek stuff. And it's a safe space. Like, you know, no one's going to judge you. Oh my goodness, can you see that person? He's wearing a Star Trek shirt. Like, no one's going to say that. Everyone that loves Star Trek is going to come up to you and be like, oh man, sick, sick cosplay. Or, you know, even the most obscure things people dress up as, which is crazy. Like, you wouldn't even expect it. And then there's someone's like an 80s like cartoon and you see someone dressed up as it that there was three episodes and then it got canceled. And you're like, oh my God, I remember that. It's it's absolutely mind-blowing. And these cosplays, these people that cosplay these days, you know, they should get stuff into movies or work into costume design because some of it looks screen accurate. Like I agree. Like that's almost my favorite part of mm-hmm. these expos now is that the people and the time and the effort that they put into these, these costumes, I guess. Yeah. Are, is unbelievable. Like you said, screen accurate and the detail. And some of them are enormous. Like I don't know who some of the characters are, Yeah, but there's one guy, he must've been from a video game. He must've been nine feet tall and four feet wide (laughs) and literally they go and walk around to take pictures with people yeah and showcase what they've built and i just have such an appreciation now i don't know if it's because i watch one of the commonwealth guys rob from generation x-wing he's doing a 501st build of a a biker scout okay and so he's posting that on youtube and going through the process and I don't know if from watching his, his videos and following him along there a bit, they have a greater appreciation for the time and effort that goes into this. Or if it's because we do more of a creative thing here with the podcast is that mm-hmm. you know the effort that goes into something and putting yourself out there, right? And now more so than I have ever had, when I walk around and see the effort that's put into these things, my jaw is on the floor. Yeah, and absolutely. that's not just because some of them <laughs> aren't wearing any clothes. But <laughs> what was your favorite cosplay that you did see on the floor at the expo this year? Um, there's a ton of good ones and um, a ton of great ones. And I, uh, you know, normally I don't ask for pictures. You know, I'm kind of like a shy guy. You wouldn't know it, but uh, so I don't ask for pictures. But there are some that I just had to get like my picture with them or take a picture of them. And I would say there's these Lord of the Rings characters dressed as Sauron, um, like the main guy, like the end guy. No, not Sauron, not the eye. I can't even remember the the character's name. It's the Fallen Kings. Yeah, exactly. Or, oh, I can't remember what they're called. Fallen the, King the 1 and Fallen King 2. I got to rewatch those movies now. I feel bad. Um, but they were screen accurate. Like they were fantastic costumes and very creepy. Like, I watch a ton of horror movies, and I was like, wow, these costumes scare me. Like, they did a fantastic job. Yeah, and I have to agree, man. Like, I, I kind of focused in on the Star Wars characters. I yeah. definitely got my photo taken with some of the 501st guys. Yeah. There's a Make-A-Wish thing. You donated a couple bucks, and you took yeah. a picture with them. There's a killer Revan, Darth Revan or figure, <laughs> Darth Revan <laughs> cosplay. And you, like you, I was the same. I had to get my picture with some of these guys. I mm-hmm. Like, I usually don't do that. Yeah. And I asked several people. There's a awesome silver surfer and yeah he's walking around with the as galactus was his buddy oh i think i saw that guy yeah, and he had like a world in his hand like that's so amazing good. this guy that was dressed i think it must have been his girlfriend and wife as hulk and she hulk yeah and I they saw had them. done the painting and they had toned themselves yeah and faded to make everything like the guy was pretty big to begin with yeah but they made everything pop a bit more 
So so good. So amazing. Um, who would you say was the most popular, like the most cosplayed character? I'd have to say I think Harley Quinn. I was gonna say that too, yeah. and what surprised me, it was the movie. Yeah. It well, wasn't the animated series yeah. or the comic. It was that kind of whatever daddy's girl shirt, with yeah. the short shorts and all that, the fish net stockings and I all. was surprised because you know, you, you go around and you think, Who who liked that movie besides me? Apparently a lot of people like that movie. Yeah. Which was great to see. I mean, that's one of the things about the expo again. I mean, me and Troy were walking around the floor and we're like, Okay, the next Harley Quinn we see that's dressed like the movie we're going to ask them you know did you enjoy suicide squad or like did you just like harley's portrayal but then of course we never saw another harley not. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was surprised i mean took took me by storm i would have thought it would have been if it was harley it would have been the animated series or the comic book yeah but yeah i think that was probably either there's always the stormtroopers one around that one's a big you one. showed me the cool atsd i didn't see that the movable one yeah he was like moving around it was really cool yeah there's some cool transformers ones too that actually transformed that one was cool yeah yeah i mean it's funny because you go on twitter and you just do hashtag calgary expo and you can see a ton of great cosplays yeah that was probably one of the highlights for me and one of the other highlights was the floor I love going around and wandering. I think I spent on Saturday probably four hours wandering around the different vendors in that. And I didn't pick up a lot this year. I, I usually come back with a fistful of action figures and all that. And you know what? Because my collection's at a point where I'm quite satisfied with what I've got. And the thing with the expo this year, there was a lot of new stuff on the shelves. It wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of the vintage or you go back and, and look at Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, Star Wars. Usually there's a big component of that. And this year there wasn't. It was mostly Black Series and Legends and all this that are on the shelves right now. Mm-hmm. And then they have some more rare ones that are quite expensive. Yeah. But I found myself hovering around the comic book vendors the most this year and flipping through long boxes. I was able to get Avengers Disassembled number 500 for three bucks. And the second to last issue that I need to finish my single issue collection of Guardians of the Galaxy 2008 run, I got issue nine, which okay. I was struggling to get. And I really said, I said, I want to pay under $6 for it. I got it yeah. for five bucks. Oh, that's good. So happy about that. <laughs> and that's what I got this year. I didn't pick up any action figures. Yeah. I didn't do any statues, nothing like that. But I know Troy and you both had very successful expos. What did your haul look like? All right. So my haul included, I got this General Zod t-shirt from Man of Steel. Two bucks. Rocking right now. Rocking right now. The Zod, the General. Um, I picked up a ton of Wonder Woman comics. I picked up, let me count here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Wonder Woman comics. And that's six Gail Simone comics. Nice. Including issues 24 and 25, which the whole premise of the comic is based around a Wonder Woman movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they make a Wonder Woman movie and it's just her reacting to that. I mean, what an age we live in where, you know, that was in a comic book, not a mere 10 years ago. And now it's coming to fruition. Yeah. Golden age, man. Yeah. And then I picked up uh, Wonder Woman Volume 2 issues 3 and 5 to complete my first uh, issues 1 to 6 of so the complete storyline there. Uh, I haven't really decided if I'm going to continue on with that just because they are getting more expensive with the movie. Like, they were more accessible. Normally, Wonder Woman comics are a little bit harder to find. This year, I found no problem finding them, but the prices were more. Yeah. So that's to be expected with the movie. I mean, you it's good and bad more more higher prices mean more people are buying it um and i also got this amazing supergirl t-shirt um very 80s so it's bright pink and it's supergirl in her 80s get up with like a headband and like a mullet kind of and it says positively rad 
So I'll have to, I, I threw that up on Twitter. Take a look of my uh, haul. I'm not, I didn't throw up the General Zod t-shirt. I forgot about that. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty good haul. I really like the t-shirts. For me, every year I have to get at least one. Yeah. And uh, the comic books. And I didn't get any action figures this year. That was one thing that I felt was lacking. Mm-hmm. It was just like reasonably priced action figures. Yeah. And they didn't have any of the Wonder Woman movie ones. No. So they had a lot of BVS ones and I already have that whole set. Yeah. So some Suicide Squad ones, but I have I didn't get into getting those figures. So I was surprised actually. I thought there'd be more Wonder Woman stuff, but there was a Wonder Woman booth there. Yeah, which is strange for the Calgary Expo, right? It was awesome. It's, it's pretty cool that they're they're getting to the size where DC's putting in a Wonder Woman booth. Like that's yeah. awesome. So I think this is the first time, was the first time I remember where they're actually pr- actively promoting a movie that has yet to come out, like a big studio like Warner Brothers, and they had their own booth so you could go in, take your picture, and get gauntlets taken on your arm, and each day they were releasing a mini poster of the movie, so the wonder, the power, and courage the courage, on. yeah. So those three you could get, and it's like got them all days because I was there the whole time, and I thought it was great. Um I talked to the people who were running the booth and I was like, well, how did it go this weekend? And they said they were steady the whole weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. So awesome. I hope to see this again in the future. Um, Warner Brothers or Disney or Fox or whoever. I mean, it's a great way. The Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo was, I think this year attendance was 95,000. Yeah. So a shade under 100,000. Um, I think the economy had a little bit to do with that. But uh, I mean, think about 100,000 people to see it and probably out of those 100,000, all of them are going to see the Wonder Woman movie now. Yeah, that's and one thing that I want to talk about there because you said you're there all weekend is you have a slightly different experience than most people at the expo. Um, we Troy and I went as as press, so we did a lot of talking to. We didn't do really any interviews this year, but we did a lot of talking to local artists and getting a flavor for what's going on in the community and talking to local vendors and all this. But you kind of approach it, not because you're not part of the nerd room, but <laughs> because you've been volunteering there for the last five years or so. Yeah, so this is my fifth year volunteering. I started because I wanted to go, but I didn't want to pay to get in. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'll just volunteer like for eight hours or something. And then I originally started doing photos. And then I morphed that into a little bit working more in the back office, um, in the cage or in the, yeah, in the cage office there. So doing a little bit more working with um, some of the people behind the scenes. And, uh, it's kind of neat because you get, you get to see how the show is run and how much effort and how much work goes into putting on one of these cons. It's quite impressive. It is. And I I volunteered a couple of years as well. And I think if people are looking to get involved a bit more, that is a great way to get involved in a community and you get to do, I did programming for a couple of years. So I was, you know, you're ushering people in and out. You're kind of doing a little bit more with the panels and all that, which I really, really loved. And you get to interact with the different people running it. And like you said, you get to see how it's ran. But for me, yeah, you get the, the pass in, which is pretty cool. You get in the floor a little early and all that. But it's it's more about, again, interacting with people that love the same things that you do and are passionate about those things. And the fact that you kind of run around and you're part of the show itself, like that's a great way to get involved with the expo, meet people and do something a little different with your weekend. Different experience then you usually have just going to the con on say a Saturday or Sunday yeah. because you're there all weekend, but seeing the behind the scenes. Yeah, I agree. It's awesome. Yeah. It's something neat and I'm glad I did it. And it's something that I'm going to continue to do. So right on. Yeah. So out of all of us too, you're the only one that had the time to go and see the Kevin Smith podcast. The, it the, was amazing. The Jay 
Jane uh, and the Bob get old. Yeah, and you know, I was trying to take some tips for my podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I saw the podcast. I was at the Calgary Corral. Um, really super old building. <laughs> it was amazing. People were in stitches, and Kevin Smith dropped a couple of exclusives. Um, so if you haven't seen my Twitter, he announced that he wrote a Plastic Man movie, animated movie. He There's someone he said that he has in mind for Plastic Man. And he said it's one of the most recognizable people on the planet. He didn't say who it was because he said that's not his um, news to break. He said he's given this script to Jeff Johns at DC. Nice. Um, yeah, so we could be seeing a Plastic Man animated movie written by Kevin Smith. How cool is that? That is badass. And um, the best part, my favorite part of the night was, so he's making a new movie, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Really? Yeah, and so he announced that. Well, I think he's announced that before, but he said... I, you know, I think it was the Marx Brothers. They always used to test their material on their audience. And so he's like, I'll tell you what, uh, put away all your phones. Don't uh, tell anybody about this. But what we're going to do is I'm going to read you a scene. As he's telling, as Sanjay's telling us about this. Well, I'm not going to tell you what ha- what he said Aww. or what he did. I, I can't do that to Kev. He's my boy. Um, and so he said, put away your phones. Put away your, don't, don't video record this. And I'm going to read a scene. I'll play one character. Jason Muse will play another character. And we're just going to do a table read. Judge your reaction to some of the jokes. See if we have to make any changes. Get any feedback. And they read a scene. And it was amazing. The whole audience was in stitches laughing. It was fantastic. If that was any indication of how the movie's going to be, I'm there opening night. I'm buying the steelbook. The 3D steelbook. Nice. <laughs> it was amazing. And great cameos are teased. He teased some great huge cameos i'm i'm talking the cream of the crop of hollywood he teased so well, i look forward to that that's that's yeah. a cool experience to be part of that and i'm assuming that's going to drop on their podcast feed at some point right yeah so i think if you go on jay and silent bob get old it should drop on there i don't know when um i don't know but he does he does live podcast shows which is really cool he's actually doing a couple in san diego as well and unfortunately I won't be able to make them, but uh, I would have loved to see one of his fat men on Batman yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that that was a that's a cool experience to be part of. And there's a lot of great panels. I went and saw Billy D. Williams and yeah. Nathan Fillion. As oh, okay, well. he's a favorite of mine. Jeremy Renner, and then there was a McFarlane and Stanley stuff. So there was a lot of great panels there this weekend. I really enjoyed myself. I think that as these cons kind of grow and evolve, I find myself enjoying them more and more between who they're bringing in as far as guests there's always a huge diversity of guests so you get to see everything from star wars to marvel dc whatever and then you kind of layer that in with the cosplay the show floor and then interacting with with fandom and all that like this is one of my favorite weekends of the year and i i just can't wait for next year like i'm looking forward to it and the last thing i wanted to talk about here was what was your absolute favorite part and what do you want to see I know we just said that we loved everything, but <laughs> what would you want to see added to the expo to make that experience just that much better? Um, my favorite part, I would say, would be the people, the people that I volunteer with, the, the people that are on the show floor. They made it a um, special expo for me, but um, if, if I didn't have to say the people, because that's kind of a cop-out answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah kevin smith the podcast was amazing and that's one of the best comedy shows i've ever seen uh ways that i would like to see different 
um the weather be nicer yeah that that was kind of requires a shift in date because it's consistently always at the last weekend of april yeah and i think it's to work with scheduling because walking dead they shoot quite early yeah i think because i think last year a lot of the walking dead people had to cancel last minute because they had a shoot that was happening right away yeah so um that um and maybe I w- it'd be really cool if they could get an event big enough for the Saddle Dome. That's our big hockey arena, the 30-year-old one, where there's a big debate about building a new one these days. But uh, it'd be really cool, I mean, t- for them to utilize that, to have some sort of mega event. I don't know what it could be. Yeah. But I, to get 20,000 people. That'd be unreal. Yeah. And maybe, like, either have it free or have it, like, money goes to, like, to make a wish for... But if you're having 20,000 people, it has to be, like, a mega thing. It would have to be, like, a Hall H-level event. Yeah chase yeah awesome yeah what about you tim well i i have to agree with you the people like the interaction with with friends and all that and and but if i'm gonna go step aside from using that as an answer i have to probably say the cosplay this year yeah i really enjoy and i think more so than ever like i said before i kind of sat back and observed a lot and appreciated Mm -hmm. a lot of what people were doing yeah so i'd say that's probably my favorite part and going forward with the expo they, they do a lot of great things i'd like to see more of uh, panels with just because they do a lot of spotlights on a single person yeah i'd like to see more of a, a panel panel where you have you know numerous people from say a franchise or something like that whether that's something a bit smaller and i think something like that would be pretty cool where you're kind of firing questions at them and you get the interaction of the different actors actresses or whomever right um and then also some of the i think they what they do really well is some of the smaller panels they get some spotlights on individual artists they talk about things like uh, some individuals do their own kind of analysis of Star Wars or whatever. And so there's a lot of good small panels that I think they just need to to make people a bit more aware of. Like it's not mm-hmm. always about the Stanleys and these type of things. There's a lot of small panels that I think they just need to promote a bit more. And I think as a community, we're kind of responsible for that as well. It's mm-hmm. like propping up some of these these smaller panels that are very informative and very well done. And I had some fun at some Star Wars ones and all that. Who knows? Maybe next year you'll be hosting one of these. I would love to to moderate a panel. Yeah, how cool like would that, that be? Like, or just do like a podcasting panel. Yeah, like you know, because there's enough people that we know from the very limited podcasters in Calgary. There's a lot of YouTubers in this, and putting together like a panel like that to have some discussion about podcasting, all that. I'd love to do something. That, like that. would be really cool. Get Izzy involved and some yeah, of the other people. Definitely. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah um are you a big autograph guy like have you ever gotten i just stanley's the one i got that yeah. probably three or four years ago yeah. i got it twice on a, a reprint of avengers number one okay and on a, the avengers 2012 teaser poster for the oh movie. cool and but i am not other than that i'm not a big autograph chaser i don't it's expensive and like i become obsessive with things yeah <laughs> reflecting. so if i get jeremy renner's autograph you have i'd to have get to figure out hemsworth and Ev- like i'd have to get the whole crew right yeah and so it's just not something that I collect. I've never been a big fan of autographs. Mm-hmm. So not me so much yourself. Um, not not as much. There's, I think, three people I've gotten. George Perez, the great artist and writer. Yeah. Robert England or Freddy Krueger himself. Yeah. I, I got his and he was really fun. And actually that year, I wish they would, would have done it this year. They actually had a showing of Nightmare on Elm Street number one, where they sold tickets to and we went to it at the theater in Kensington. Great experience. I would love if they brought that back. That. Yeah, that is something that we could mm-hmm. do with a bit more is like private screenings yeah. of, of movies at the small, like the Globe or the one in Kensington. What's yeah. that called? Um, not the Globe, uh, the Plaza. Plaza, yeah. 
at these kind of unique small mm-hmm. theaters are quite old. They have that ambiance to them. Yeah. Something like that, like private screenings of oh. Star Wars and all that's hard to get, but yeah. something along those lines would be pretty cool because oh, it kind yeah. of takes you outside of the expo and you're kind of doing other things around the city. Absolutely. I think like something like Aliens last year, they could have done yeah. that because they had the whole cast yes. there. Yes. That would have been cool. And um, Galen Rosin from Dawn of the Dead. You probably don't know who she no, is. She's so. one of the final girls from that movie. Well, not really but she's in the movie and uh i that's my favorite horror movie one of them so i fangirled hard that was the first autograph i got at my first convention and i fangirled hard i made such a fool of myself in front of her but it was it was fun like if if she ever comes again i'm getting her autograph again and just being like i'm sorry i fangirled so hard (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome man well we've kind of got a little bit over time here but i think we had a lot to get in there with guardians wrapping up the calgary expo here man did we have a good time at the expo this year so if you guys are in the area make sure you go to the expo next year it is a ton of fun it is a great great event and it's a way to kind of celebrate nerddom, celebrate fandom, and get close to the people that are passionate about the things that you are. I agree. And it's one of those conventions that's becoming so big that it's people can travel to it and yep. still have a great time. It's not one of those ones where it's just local anymore. Yeah. People from around the world come to this now. That's how big it's gotten. That's how great it is. So check it out. No matter where you are, if you're thinking, you know, planning your vacations, make a trip out to Calgary and see the Comic and Entertainment Expo because it's going to be great like it was the last 12 years they've had it yeah that's awesome 12 years yeah all right guys well next week we're going to be back in the nerd room reviewing guardians of the galaxy volume 2 myself troy and sundry will all be at the review table unless troy's uh furnace breaks or yeah something. come on troy what are you doing you're Rookie. supposed to show up his seat's still empty i know lest we forget troy <laughs> he will be back next week though so we're gonna have a nice full panel here to discuss this movie that i'm immensely excited for so hopefully i have enough time to go see it somewhere in some part of the world but we will be bringing that episode to you as normal on our thursday time slot so if you guys would like to get a hold of us you can always grab us on email at the at gmail.com our twitter handles at the end of the episode you can always comment on our youtube or facebook pages all right until next week for the nerd room i'm tim and star lord <laughs> sanjay oh yeah right right, right. sorry <clears throat> i'm sanjay And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search the Nerd Room podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.